I'm Peter Marks, theater critic of the Washington Post. And I'm Elizabeth Vincentelli, and I write for the New York Times, the New Yorker, and Newsday. And this is the 18th, I can't believe we're there already. I know. Episode of Three on the Isle, a twice-monthly podcast from New York about theater in America. And actually, today is two on the aisle because our uh, comrade, uh, Terry Teachout, uh, must be out for a reason that you probably know if you follow him on Twitter or on social media. Uh, so I'll just say that I hope he's back soon and because I need him to uh, help me combat uh, Peter's weird anti-be-more-chill sentiment. What? I know, all right. <laughs> so, you uh, guys are so the, the wrong the about Isle, that. The On the Isle blockbuster franchise continues to roll <laughs> along and we're hosted by American Theatre Magazine, a publication of the Theatre Communications Group. Well... On this episode, we have a guest we know is going to help you enhance your next theater-going experience. She's Amanda Duarte, or Amanda Duarte. Amanda Duarte. But there I mean, you, you know, any pronunciation is is It's acceptable? Yeah. yeah. Amanda Duarte. Oh, that's lovely. That sounds really Writer, pretty. Writer, performer, and host of The Wonderful Dead Darlings, a monthly show at New York's Justin Memorial Church. And that focuses on ideas and projects that have died on the vine. It's a great concept. She's also going to be appearing at Joe's Pub on September 21st with her one-woman show. No, not a one-woman show. No, it's we've a got many, a lot of people on stage. A many-peopled oh, yes. yes. show yeah. <laughs> called Staying Alive. Yes, G, hard G. Hard G, but... Uh, also, including uh, tributes to the Bee Gees in some form or other. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yes, it's the nine thirty show, the coveted nine thirty slot. It's the coveted Friday nine thirty on spot. September yeah, the coveted on September twenty first. Yes. But she's here to talk about uh, with us not just about her performance uh, history and and the legend <laughs> that she's creating in New York, <laughs> but also I just leave now. Yeah, that right. all sounds really good. Yeah, I don't want to screw it up. But also about a concern uh, of theater goers that never dies, and that is comportment within the theater <laughs> yes. venue. Right. So that's going to keep us busy for like a few hours. Uh, just talking <laughs> just, just talking about the, the various experience we've had, like let alone like what people should, should not do. Uh, but anyway, uh, after that conversation, we're going to do our usual what we've seen recently that we liked or did mm-hmm. not like, which mm-hmm. is always a fun one. Yes. Uh, but yeah. And uh, first, though, as a public service, of course, we are going to talk about uh, behavior in the theater with Amanda Duarte, uh, <laughs> who in June, or Amanda Duarte, who wrote a very funny and useful piece for Time Out magazine, Time Out New York, in uh, in June. Its title was "Shut Up, Sit Down, and Clap: A Guide to Theater Etiquette," and this is how Amanda began her essay. I am a dyed-in-the-ethically-sourced, sustainable Kashmir coastal lefty elitist. I am strenuously inclusionary and empathetic to a fault. I apologize to inanimate objects when I bump into them. I am a socialist democrat and pacifist to the core. I love everything and everyone, and the divine in me honors the divine in you, truly. Unless you are seated within seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, or tasting distance of me in the seating area of a legitimate theater. In that case, I do not care what gender, nationality, political party, or BDSM role you claim. Whether we are at a show on Broadway or off-Broadway or anywhere else, if you do not adhere to my fascistic standards for audience behavior, we are at war. 
Okay, I, I'm not going to describe to I know, right? I'm not going to describe so much. Thank you. to, yeah. to, to get many much. of the tips because I pretty much agree with all of them. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, so some of my favorites are sit the fuck down, and then, of course, there is sit the fuck still, which is great. And also, of course, shut the fuck up and do not eat or drink. And my personal favorite actually is take the gum out of your mouth. The gum. The gum. The, the gum. gum. And I, I need to add that my brother... Uh, who is very sensitive to this kind of stuff. Um, I have seen him shush mouth breathers. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough call. You <laughs> that's know, a tough that's call, a hard right? One. Why, yeah. why, why, why is that a hard one? Oh, because, you know, it's, you can't, I suppose my, uh, my response to something like that, which is like a physical thing, uh, you know, that you, that you, you can't that, help is, it. that you cannot control and that you cannot help. I mean, and you can't presume that people are in control of everything that they do with their body. And you don't want to be an asshole. I mean, I don't ever want to be an asshole. Of you guys course. really, I promise. Right. <laughs> but like, you, you know, it's like when you, uh, they're, they're like people who have asthma or people who have That's like, true. you know, and so I have found that when people are doing incredibly annoying things say like making little mouth noises or you know like there was someone i sat next to at uh and i remember back this far at the little dog laughed one of the like eight times i went to see that (laughs) um uh there was a man sitting next to me who kept going like oh my god okay that's one of my he didn't realize he was doing it he didn't realize he was doing it so the first time uh i turned to him because he was sitting next to me (laughs) and i was like this is church you know and i'm not gonna let you fuck this up for me and i turned to him and i said if you're able to stop doing that i would like to ask you to try right like that's the first approach you know if that is something that's within your control if you're able to stop making that sound with your mouth i would like to just if it's voluntary if it's voluntary if it's something you can control i would like for you to stop and his wife was really embarrassed she was like stop it stop it and then he kept doing it it kept getting louder and louder and finally i turned to him i was like keep the mouth quieter get the fuck out and he got up and left no (laughs) because it was so it was obviously there was like something stuck in his teeth i was like get floss did get some floss, pull out one of your hairs and use it as floss. I've done it, you know, when you're in a bind. Pull a did, thread out of your garment. Did, did the wife hug you because, like, she's been trying to make him stop for the past 40 no, years? No, of course not because, no. you know, as is uh, the... Did she stay? The pattern in this country. No, she left too oh, because, she left of course, her. she left too. And, uh, you know, she uh, stood by her man and she probably went home and voted for his candidate. All right, so the question is, at the top of this discussion, Amanda and Elizabeth, is it us... I mean, are we part of, is there a subset of the population that needs this kind of um, environment where it's our experience and just on the stage? And are there other people who are completely oblivious and, and, and don't understand why we need to have this conversation just with what we're seeing on the stage and not with um, our fellow audience members? Yes. I, and I, I think it's a combination of, um, Yes, of course, there are people who, and, and as we know as active theater goers at all like sort of strata of uh, theater, there are different audiences for different shows. And so like I went to a very memorable performance of The Streetcar on Broadway with, um. Jessica Lang? No, no, no. The one with, um, where, uh, Mitch Mitch played Stanley. What's his name? The guy who should have played Mitch played Stanley. Yes, right. Uh, I know you're talking about. You know, the guy, John, no, no, uh, uh, not John, uh, you know uh, who I'm talking about. Yes, I do know who you're talking about. TV movies. Blair Underwood? No, no. no uh, um, Amy, Amy, uh, Amy, Amy, 
Uh, right. Uh, I, <laughs> we're doing great. Look, Amy, before Amy, we turned the mics on, we discussed our relative caffeination levels, and yeah, they're like, definitely like, like affecting us I, now. And I've interviewed that her. wonderful actress. She's yes. on The Office. I know. Yes. Um, okay. So she was. Oh, I didn't she see that was one. Okay. Stella, and then uh, what's his name? Anyway, this doesn't yeah, matter. None of this him. matters. Um, <laughs> None of this matters. It was so un- like the production was already so kind of flawed right. and weird. Right. But then. Uh, uh, in the, so the audience, I remember, I was sitting next to somebody, like a family, the kind of like, you know, sort of tourist family that comes and sees uh, Amy Ryan. Amy in, Ryan. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Amy Ryan in uh, in in Streetcar. Um, so they, this family next to me, like, literally just started having a fucking picnic and, like, opened up bags of chips and crinkly bags and crunchy chips and they're just going to town and having a picnic during the show because they don't go to theater very often. They don't know any better. To them, it's like TV right. or like going to the movies. You right. know, you go to the movies, you eat popcorn, you tell, you know, you text, whatever. And so, well, you're in Barca lounges now and too. Oh, you're like, I know. It's like, you know, I know. It's like you might and as well like, have a they're remote. bringing you nachos and I mean, frankly, it's great. Right. But like, it's, <laughs> but it's different when it's like, you know, there are live performers in front of you and actually what I love about these like, like the Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. what I love about it actually is that now you, if one of the little cards, you know, you put a little card at your seat if you need um, the, the, an, a, a waiter or an attendant or something and one of the things you can write on the card is like if people near you are talking wow. because they do not permit it wow. at the Alamo Draft House and so if you complain that somebody is talking that person gets a warning wow. and if they do it again they are ejected oh from the I movie theater that. and now that. why are there no why is there no house management in the live theater why is it that these noise like these I, people go on and they have like full meals in, in an audience and they talk at full volume and they text and oh okay so another example Example is I went to see uh, and like you know there's no judgment in this room. I went to see On Your Feet. It was a free ticket. It was mm-hmm. a free ticket. Oh my god, I love and, that uh, show. Oh, I hated it, but we'll talk about that later. That's a whole other podcast. But like the people, the, there was a, a woman in front of me who had either, and this is no judgment, you know, either taken a bridge or a tunnel to get into you know that is a judgment. Thank you. You know, to get into Manhattan and non-contiguous Manhattan, and she. Uh, she um, was just, you know, texting through the entire show. Oh, that's and the, a complete. And I mean, this happens through the whole thing. But at, and, and of course, they make the announcement at the top of the show, and it's usually some painfully fucking clever, you know, precious based on the novel Puss by Sapphire kind of shit. It's awful. But they're like, it's turn your phones off. It's either in character or something. It's terrible. That's the worst. That's but the everyone worst. knows that you turn your phone off. Everyone. And at this one, it was actually Gloria Estefan who recorded it <laughs> and was like, turn your phones off. And so at intermission, like during the during the first. I kind of like leaned forward and was like, turn your phone off. And she turned around. She's like, you don't know who I am. You don't know who you're Did dealing with. Did she actually say oh, that? Oh, yeah. And then at intermission, she's turned around and she's like, you don't know who you're dealing with. And what's funny is when people say that, then you know exactly who you're dealing with. Correct. But she was like, she was like, you don't know who you're dealing with here, bitch. And I was like, you know what? <gasps> Jesus. Honey, wow. you're at the Gloria Estefan musical. Ms. Estefan herself asked you to turn the fucking phone off before the show started. Wow. Like, I am not here. Wait, who was she? This one, who was the woman? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. She was just literally like someone went from Jersey. Who oh, really oh. thought she was someone like a formidable opponent for me or like something? A, you know, like a soprano or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and, her like poor, and her husband, of course, was just sitting there like trying to will himself dead, like just like shrinking. He's like, here she goes again, you know. And he's of course like throwing back a cocktail with ice in it <laughs> because he really wants to be there. Because he really <laughs> wants to be there. Okay, so like, so there are those people who like just don't know that they're not at the movies or in their living room, right? But then you know, in 
response to this article, and I don't know if this is like you guys were leading up to this. Eventually, pretty obvious, but like, yeah. um, lead, you know, in response to this article, there were a lot of uh, comments from people who. Um, and I think they actually finally had to shut the comment section down on the article really? itself <laughs> because people were um, people who are theater uh, avid theater goers and are very passionate about um, you know the sort of shifting the paradigm of expected audience response and like what yes. is um, etiquette, what is what is good manners and what isn't mm-hmm. and what is and there became all of and these, what's like, cultural sort of, and exactly what's, there are all yeah. these like socio cultural implications and it turned into this like. Race war, gender war, like it, it people did. are calling me yeah, ableist did. and ageist and sexist. Oh, I remember and, reading this. You know, yeah. this is fine, you know, because I'm a woman who expresses opinions on the internet, so this is like, I'm used to this, but, right. um, but so that's a whole other, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, but right, so that's right. a whole other thing. I Woke personally- people can have complaints about the way other people behave. Well, right? sure. And I mean, we don't even, have to like, it's not like just about tolerance Number of one, everybody's everything. No, it's not. And I don't <laughs> think I, that is it's... Is that fair? No, it's fair. Oh, well, and it's, I don't think it's too much to ask, truly. Like, I'm someone who's been, um, I'm, you know, I've been on, I'm on stage and I'm off stage and like, I, I am a very enthusiastic audience member. You know, like, I, people turn and stare at me because I laugh very loudly and i you but know that's an appropriate that response. is an appropriate response so i think a lot of people interpreted this to mean like sit there silently and don't move right and in, don't give the in, audience don't, you know, enjoy, yeah, don't it. enjoy it and just sit fact, there and shut up and right. i mean look it's a very hyperbolic piece of satire i am a hyperbolic right. piece of satire like it's you know all right all right what, i have a question okay but actually question. actually go ahead but one because in relation to that one of the tips that you give is like clap oh yeah clap have like Enjoy, right? Who run away? Oh, I hit that before the you know yeah. while they're taking their curtain call while the performers are taking their curtain call they get up and run. You out. know the worst ones are the one who turn their back and kind of do this. Oh, like the worst. Oh, the ones, <laughs> like, right. the ones who run yeah. out and try to clap at the same sorry. time. Yeah, got it. All right, go. what is the etiquette for response to this? Because this is my pet peeve. <laughs> at a musical, a well-known musical, oh. the person behind you decides to start because they know the whole score mm-hmm. they decide it's their job to add their voice to the ensemble mm-hmm. and you get the entire score i was at a, well it's not my favorite musical but oliver at good speed for reasons that I, i'm not going to go into it's here. okay it's okay thank you um and, and 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 i'm sitting there very quietly and then the man behind me Starts going, city No, it's the worst. Well, in, the worst. I mean, it's the worst. Uh, do I have the right to turn around and say, sir, yes. don't sing with the musical? Uh-huh. That's okay. That's a that's an acceptable because or, I feel you know, so guilty. Are, I feel so guilty don't, doing you gotta that. You got to get rid of that guilt. The, the, <laughs> but the way that I tend to approach it is, um, I like to think that if I sort of wow people with my um, with my clever uh, linguistic skills, it kind of takes them off guard for a second, and ah. then they'll they'll either um, try to you know physically assault me because they're so angry <laughs> or they'll just sort of like be so embarrassed but, that they shut down. So I would turn around and be like, oh, sir, you're wonderful. Um, you're so talented, but actually I paid to hear this gentleman sing this song. If you want to sing to me in the parking lot afterwards, I'd be happy to sit there that's and listen. Dangerous. Yeah, well, that's but, dangerous. But that's when you get a bodyguard well, and run away. I, I, okay, but here's a tricky issue. What about when the person trying to enforce the etiquette becomes a disruptor? Because you now yeah. you're having this conversation, right? 
or this exchange or whatever while the show is happening. Mm-hmm. I think so you're it's immuni- creating a new situation. I know, but that's immunity from prosecution. I think under the <laughs> under the laws, you are, you cannot. If you're trying to quell the the the, the yeah. riot of noise around you, you have the right to to increase yeah, the volume because until it happens. Almost every you're- time, almost every time, because I'm always that bitch, you know. And every time that I am the one who uh, is you know, clapping back at somebody who's doing something very rude, most of the time, everyone around you turns to you yes. and mouths, thank you. Right. Because yes, they so don't rude. have the stones they're to sheep. do it, but they're completely bothered by the behavior as well. And again, I just want to say, if there's one takeaway from this podcast, like, where is house management these yes. days? Where are they? How and is it that in these theaters where so much money is being spent, well, where that's we're, the point. you know, where yes. is house management? Why is it, why does Patty Lupone have to stand on stage right. and tell people to? Why is there not just one person some, in each theater some who th- is making sure that uh, these disruptors some are not? Theaters Where's a good a old more- matron? Well, you know, right. oh, I'm happy to be that bit. There you I, go. I'm available for employment. I yeah. freelance, and I got a lot of time on my hands. I would love that power. Yeah, oh, I'd be yeah. great. Me too. I'd be great. We'd be a, oh, sorry, but, 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 but some theaters are more proactive than others. It's such a case-by-case basis because I think – I was, uh, it was a few years ago, but I was at the Lion King, which it's okay. Safe do not space. ask. Safe space. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, ushers were super proactive, and they would use their flashlights, right, yeah, right, all the time during the entire show. No, you know and, what they enforce? And that works really well, actually. The flashlight on you that works, like, yeah, yeah. You know like, what they enforce? They enforce taking pictures. Taking of the pictures. Stage. Yes. Yeah, that's that seems what they to be enforce. all they care about because that's that affects the bottom line. Correct. Yeah. Um, uh, here's my another question um, that that occurs to me because this subject I could talk about. I literally could talk about all day. But here's another one. I think there's a different response from a stranger whether a man or a woman uh-huh. is giving the instruction to please, you know, tone down your behavior. Uh-huh. And I feel like if I, if it's man to man, there's a kind of like testosterone battle that happens. Oh, I disagree. Well, you don't? Oh, you, oh, oh I no, disagree. I've gotten so much crap. Oh, yeah, for, no. Oh, yeah. No, you no. think it's harder for a woman to shush a man? Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Did oh, you yeah. vote in the last election? <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't know what country you're living in right now, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of a complicated dynamic that we're yeah. all trying it's to navigate. Really, oh my god! No, yeah, no, I've got so much. You think so? You think it's like they, they, yeah. like how? Who, and women they, to women is really bad too. I yeah, mean, it's really, really, so women have it bad. Really oh yeah, bad. oh yeah. But Do you know, I've, sh- I, the people that I have had the um, best reception from in this situation, and just basically in life, have been like homosexual men. Like I, t- yeah, like, they're usually times okay. Leaned over and been like. <laughs> Hey, honey, could you stop flicking your uh, your playbill? It's kind of distracting. <laughs> I know you're that like, I'm sorry. Me. I've done that oh, too. Oh no, I didn't realize I was doing it. And you're like, that's okay. Let's go hang out after. Let's go see a show after the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, uh, yeah, yeah. This. But so it's, true. It's these little sort of. Uh, so this is, you know, we were talking about the difference between sort of being, yes. uh, like not not really knowing what you're doing, being a little bit right. sort of, you know, blameless in a way because you you're not aware right. of these sort of ticks. Right. Right. Water bottles, plastic water bottles that. That every time they oh, touch the and they're crime. crushing them. I'm gonna shove they... it down your throat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, why? I just can't. How come people can't go without an hour and a half without drinking water now? It's, it's, a, like... it's just, a, I think it's a lack yeah, of awareness. Now, listen, I went to, um, I saw both uh, episodes. I saw both um, parts of Angels in America in one day, like every person of conscience in New York City. And I, you know, I brought one of those big water bottle things that's like, you know, the environmentally like Nalgene or whatever the hell they're called. Well, I'm lying. My friend Jen brought it and I drank all of the water, but it was it, it's, it's very easy to transport yeah. water in something.
something silent. If you yeah. need to drink water, it's important. Like hydration is important. It's summer. You don't want to pass out and fall on the subway tracks and die. But like, it, and right. I actually encourage people to bring water if you need water. But like, for God's sake, it's, it's not the hardest thing in the world to be like, okay, this, especially the crystal geyser bottles are the worst. They're the thinnest and the crinkliest. And like, maybe I won't, maybe I'll get like a Fiji water bottle, which doesn't make noise. I, I, I didn't know that. Oh, stick with me, kid. Like now, <laughs> now, the tables are sometimes occasionally turned on me because <gasps> I bring a pad in, and you know, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I have had people who are so hypersensitive mm-hmm. sitting in front of me that when I I try desperately yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. to turn the pad, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's this tiny little noise, and they oh, shoot yeah. me the look, and yeah, I yeah. am. I'm not mortified though. I don't go. I'm sorry. My, there is a part of me that wants to go. Hey, I'm doing my job yeah, here. Sure, sure. You're going to have to tolerate it. But I mean, that's not really fair either. I mean, yeah. they are probably as annoyed because they're as hypersensitive as I right. am sure, to the sure. crinkling behind me. So, I mean, what's the solution, Peter? Uh, you know panel? that like you're going to have to start like making your own papyrus. You know that sort of like thing. <laughs> Start recycling all your old pads because you don't need that anyway. There's a process. You can see it on YouTube. You like soak it in water. Well, then you like compress it. And it makes that thick paper that doesn't make right. a sound. I was that right. enough for your I was at a show at, at the old PS122 and there oh, were... Oh, rest in peace. I mean, I it's know, just not the same. I know. And I can't call it Mark anything Russell, else ever. I can't God do it. And him. I can't remember what the show was, but there was uh, a guy in there who was taking notes on his phone. And I went uh, to him and I said... Yeah. Don't That's do that. Good. It was one of those. Uh, no, no, a, a kid. Oh. Um, okay, I mean, you know, early twenties, probably some like in you know in some a civilian. God yeah. bless him, or in some and like, it was NYU one of those shows where, where he has to like do a, a an interpretive it, dance. It was, was from a class. Yeah, I learned yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was taking uh, notes. Uh, he was from an NYU class, and he was taking notes on his phone. And I was like, don't, don't do that. Mm. No, like yeah. don't take and notes on your phone. And, 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 and you look, look for you. You can clap back if he's like, "Well, you don't know." I need to take because you're like, "I'm a critic for the New York Times," and I say no. <laughs> <laughs> I wait. I, yeah. So what are we? But, what do we think? Is it getting what, worse? I is it getting worse, or are we just you know are we as we get older? In my case, getting older. You two aren't getting older. Oh, but, I am, uh, no, I'm getting uh, better, is, but I am also yeah. getting older. Um, yeah. <laughs> is there is there something that we're losing the the, the fabric of? No, because of, no, because I will tell you most of the behavior. Now, now here's the interesting thing about the the co- complaints and comments that I got about the article. You know, saying that I'm assuming that I'm um, attacking particular demographics, specifically mm-hmm. younger demographics, people of color, etc. Every in my mind, when I wrote this piece, every single piece of bad behavior was the behavior of, I'm going to say it, old white men that surround me at the theater. hmm. Every single thing in here, it's like what what the older white men do whose wives drag them to the fucking theater and they don't want to be there. That is so true because and so like, no, is this it's kind of like, again, we have many metaphors for our situation. But some of those older white men are gay. Oh sure. Well, yes. Well, I mean, the estimates are at ten percent. But if, you know, in the in the theater arena of a legitimate like, theater, then it's the numbers are, are much higher. Yes. Yeah, but but um, no, and it doesn't. I mean, their sexuality doesn't well, matter. None of it right. matters. Nothing right. matters. Right. But um, but so it. No, it's like kind of, it's kind of like how all of us like to sit back and say, oh, as soon as all these old conservative white men die out, like America's gonna be this sort of like, you know, <laughs> socialist free for all. And it's not true. It's like this behavior is across a spectrum. It's class. Interesting. It's, like, it's and yeah. what well, it is, is I think the, the, the devaluation, defunding of theater as an art form across America and the yes. way that people are just not, ac- 
accustomed to attending. They're not accustomed to actually having live people in front of them uh, who are performing. They devalue it. They they think of it as I think a service that they're paying for rather than like and and a, a cultural enrichment that is essential you, to civilization. You're absolutely right. Also about the fact that it's usually the guy who's being dragged there who doesn't want yeah. to be there because oh, yeah. in my experience, the shows, for instance, two of the um, demos that we people were upset like you know you're you're being ageist and the kids are not well i'm gonna use the be more chill example i'm sorry but uh that shows demographic is super young mm-hmm. and one aside at least on the one i mean when, Wait, when what I, start, I'm uh, I was talking about uh, i'm sorry uh, be more chill oh yes yeah which okay. i haven't seen yet and okay I, so yes, that show will because he hated it out. i really liked it yeah so well that makes me want to see it that's one of the shows <laughs> i want to see True. but anyway the audience okay that show you would think on paper as everything to have like a kind of like plugged in connected audience yep. that's yeah, not yeah, yeah. because you know it's a young audience it's a viral right. success right. but when I at least on the one when I saw it right, so the nice audience was super it. focused because you know what they wanted to be there yeah and they were not their attention was on the show uh-huh. that's what yeah. you want the worst behavior and that I no encounter police. is in Broadway theaters where you're getting like this wider sort of demographic but like off Broadway right. people who really have sought out a show like that because you want, want to, to be there it. you know they're not no one's and, dragging anybody or if they are they're at least like you know hip and, or whatever and enough same, to you shut know, up the, Another thing was like, well, in the African American community, the experience is different. And that to me was also meaning like, oh, when, when Denzel is doing a show, you're going to have these crowds of people who are like, okay, every time I've seen Denzel on Broadway, Denzel Washington, the crowd has been completely focused on him because they want to be there and they want to right, see right, him. Right. right. Now, listen, why is nobody saying, saying okay. and I love it, but why is like people at Hello Dolly are going crazy? They're doing, they have the oh, behavior. Yeah. That's like that is a church. Exactly. Hello but Dolly. No, nobody's then, complaining about that. Right. And I saw the color, you know, like I saw the color purple and it was like being in a black church and I loved it because yeah. the responses are about what's going on on stage. Exactly. Are, like we were all with the person Performers like when uh, I'm doing great. I'm a heavy marijuana smoker, and I've given up. (laughs) Like I've traded the comforts of marijuana for the convenience of short-term memory. But what is uh, the the brilliant Cynthia Rivo? Yes, Cynthia Rivo. When Cynthia Rivo is singing, I'm here. Right. And I mean, it is church. We are in church, and people are like, "Yeah, yeah." I mean, I was screaming too. We're all screaming because it's the most like moving, beautiful thing we've ever seen in our lives. Well, call and response is okay. It is okay. Is okay. Right. not what and, we're talking right, about. Right. We're talking about the asshole I behind agree. you who's turning to like his wife going, I don't know. I think that this is really boring. <laughs> what do you want to do after this? I'm hungry. Wait, did you bring any cough drops? Did you? It's like, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Or commenting, God help us commenting on like the actress's weight and appearance and like, you know, just shut up. Oh, like, I've never heard that. All right. Oh, God. Can, I, can I shift to one other sort of etiquette issue? So I have, there have been many times I've come into a theater where the person next to me is already seated. I am. I actually sometimes take the second seat in because oh. I let mm-hmm. the person with me. Oh, I never do that. Well, I do sometimes. And they've already claimed, like uh-huh. the Oklahoma land rush, yep. they've already claimed oh, yeah. yep. everything within uh-huh. 30 inches of their seat. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's the man spreading plus the yep. armrests are theirs. Yep. And I'm sort of – and, and uh, do you have the – do we have the cojones among us to uh, say, excuse me, this is for both of us? Oh, this I don't even fucking talk. I just shove the shit to the side. Oh, yeah, I, I did it on the too. subway on the way over here. There was a guy taking up two seats with his goddamn legs, and I sat on him, and I pushed my legs <laughs> down. 
I mean, I'm five, but here's the thing. I'm a five foot tall woman and I can get, a, in a way, I can get away with this stuff. I mean, I'll be murdered for it someday, but like I, at this point, I've gotten away with it. Up until the point where we get, when you get murdered, so good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. As long as you're not getting like, murdered. I'm, I'm also offended by people who put their coats in the wintertime on the back of their uh-huh. seat as if my knee area is mm-hmm. their part of their coat rack. I right. just move it. <laughs> what I do, well, I, I, yeah. I roll it up and uh-huh. shove it onto their shoulders. <laughs> No, that's your privilege. Check your white male privilege because yeah. now I would yeah. get murdered for doing that. No, but I just move it. Like at this point, listen, I'm 43. I'm, I'm you look great. Music. Thank you so much. But that's not that's a whole other podcast. But like I, you know, at, at this point, I have especially with the um, the the demographic whose behavior I have I, I've admitted that I'm speaking specifically about. Mm-hmm. Right. I have decided to just. Get what I need. Do what I need to do. If it needs to be moved, I move it. If there's an elbow taken up the whole thing, I push it to the side. If there's a leg coming into, like I saw, oh god, what was the show with the Jello shots? The um, the 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 jukebox musical, oh, which, uh, Rock of Ages. When I went to see Rock of Ages, there was this oh my dude god. who had obviously brought. He was. I'm just gonna say he was wearing a ring. She wasn't, and she was half his age. And he brought this, you know, his his lady for the evening, right, uh, to this show. And they were both wasted. And he was huge. And he was not only like man spreading for the gods, and like it was. All the way, like halfway into my seat. The arm is over toward me. He's tapping. He's like moving. Oh, no. And so I, like, several times put my hand on his knee and pushed it back where it belonged. He'd keep, he kept doing it. I kept pushing it back. And finally, I turned my entire body halfway to the side and took the arm and the leg and pushed them into his spot. And I gave him very meaningful eye contact. And I was like, bring it back over here again and I'm going to fucking hit it. And then he just kind of laughed and didn't do it again. You know what I mean? Well, he respected you. Yeah, well, you know. But he respected your, your fierceness. But... The question I, I have I don't is, think that was the case. Well, maybe. But at the but very least, I was like, I, you are taking my space, and I'm small. Right. You know, you are taking my space, and I'm not one of those, sorry, I'm not like one of those women who's going to passively sit here and just <clears throat> exhale dramatically about it and let it ruin my experience. I'm going to fucking push you back where you belong. Now, do Men, you, do I want to go see a show with you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Anytime. Yes, we I should love all, to go. We'll, we'll take turns. I'm yeah. um, plus one. Let me tell you, I'm terrific. Oh, I, I, Please, oh, you have I my have phone no number. But here's my question. Is is the audience, if, if someone happens to wander into this podcast who has not been to a lot of theater, are we going to terrify them about no, the experience because, well, of number, going? N- because it does one, sound like a war zone. If you're terrified by the prospect of going in, entering a group of your peers, entering an, a, an assemblage of your peers in an organized seating situation and simply like taking a seat, sitting respectfully, responding appropriately, you know, wash your feet, drink a, drink a, eat your food before or after, like, you know, don't chew gum because it's distracting, like, just stay relatively quiet as far as you're behave. like, you know, just behave yourself. If this is terrifying, then good, you know, <laughs> like, I won't have to sit next to you well, at the actually, when- go to the movies, but not Alamo Draft House because I'll kick your ass out of there too. Well, actually, w- you have an interesting perspective too because you're also a performer. Yes. So you've been on both sides. Mm. Yes. Yes. And it's important so, to talk about both sides in yes, this country. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 Uh, both sides. Yeah. Let's normalize both sides. stage yes. performance. <laughs> let's, let's try to let's think nor- about let's, this. Let's yeah. normalize your experience yeah. as a performer. <laughs> At last. <if> that's possible. <laughs> um, have you had that experience from like from the stage? Oh, dear Lord. Oh, God. I, okay. I mean, 
now I used to be like you know a regional theater actress and like off off Broadway whatever and I sort of like uh, I mean I'm still available for employment if anybody's listening to this and finds me utterly charming I'm also really good looking you can't tell this on the radio but like uh, the the I, I started doing focusing more on my own work and writing and performing my own work which I find incredibly gratifying so the show that I host now is a variety show it's in a it's in Judson Church like up in the loft it's gorgeous but it's a very casual atmosphere right. now people still behave appropriately for that atmosphere um, every right. once in a while there's like there was some young dude who was like snapchatting during the <laughs> show and he was in the front row and he kept like posing for because you know for snapchat you have to pose for a photo like a selfie and then write a message because you right. can't send a message without a photo the front so, row? Yes, and he's not even taking pictures of me. Oh, he's my God. He's taking pictures of himself. Yeah, right. And, and I was like, and I shut him down. You know, I, I have no problem. I mean, like, I my left arm is Patty Lupone. My right arm is, like, you know, whoever it was at the Great Comet. Like, I don't, you know, I will, I don't give a shit. Like, I will throw you out. Or I will tell you to leave. And I, I shut him down. I was like, who you snap? Or I'll just start, you know, I'll just humiliate you, actually, is what I'll do. Who you Snapchatting, buddy? Oh, you're French. Are they in France? Oh, yeah, what time is it over there? Because here it's time to pay attention to the woman who is speaking her truth in front of you. And, you know, of course, then the audience laughs and oh, claps. Oh, they're, they're on your side, man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But so, uh, is it, and of course, like, there are things, you know, eating, people sleep. There's always those men who sleep. There's always the men whose wives have dragged them there, who sleep in the front row. They're always oh. in the front row, and they throw their heads back, and they snore. But but like, and no one is, no one wants to wake them. No one wants to disturb them. Everyone's yeah. afraid of them. And you know, it's. Have it's, you woken up someone? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I started young. I was. Let me tell you, Elizabeth. I was in a production of Seal Magnolias at the South Valley Community Theater in 1992 with my mother. I played Anel. My mother played Truby. <laughs> and there was a man sleeping with his head back. And as Anel, as Anel in Steel Magnolias, I just like looked right at him and just yelled my lines right in his face, and I woke his ass up. I have no problem with oh, this. God. But like, I mean, as long as they're not snoring, they can sleep. I probably don't want to deal with them anyway. But like, right. if they're snoring. Like stop yeah, it. Snore is not go good. To, go home. It's an expensive. I have done. I've woken up some snores, but like, you know, with like, oh yeah, yeah. elbowing oh, them. You, you have done that with oh, snores. I don't like. I don't take snoring. Snor- <laughs> and, and snorers are usually humiliated when you realize yeah, they're snoring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be. And listen, I fell asleep five minutes into travesties. I don't give a sh- you know. Like <laughs> if I'm snoring, wake me up. I'm embarrassed. But like you know, sometimes if you want to, if just, it's stoppered, we'll let you sleep. If it's stoppered, but this is the stoppered exception. Your experience is not to want to perform to the people who are sleeping to try to wake them up because I found as even in a classroom situation when somebody fell asleep I was I tended to teach to them yeah. because I wanted to figure out how did I get them back it depends mm, and I mean challenge. look if you're teaching you gotta remember all these kids are doing Adderall all night they're like <laughs> they're snorting Adderall off each other's it's not tips. a comparable they're situation it while they're snorting got it, it. Like, got it they're not they're just their bodies aren't working yeah. their bodies yeah. are you know so, yeah. it's not your fault what I'm saying Peter is not your fault thank you yeah. that I feel bad I'm gonna like cry now <laughs> you're this good, is you're the point in the show where I cry <laughs> but uh, that's uh, 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 the, the, um, the, the, the one of the challenges. You ever have hecklers? Yes. Yes, oh. I mean, I'm a female comedian. Um, so, yes, I've had hecklers. And, and I, you have strategies that work? Honestly, you know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about strategies. It usually just comes up in the moment. And, and generally, this is like with catcallers or anybody, generally, if I'm in the mood, I'll, like, I'll just ask questions. I'll be like, oh. what would you say? 
Why'd you say that? Oh, Why did you feel like saying that right now? Yeah. Is there anything crying. else you want to say? Oh, that's good. Like, it yeah. seems like you have a lot to say. Do you want to come up here and say it? Do you want the mic? I'll give you the mic. It's like, if do you disagree with something that I said? You don't think it was funny? You didn't get the joke? Or like, you know, whatever. Or, uh, you know, a lot of the time, uh, like I was, I was heckled at a show, uh, you know, like a month ago or something. And fortunately, at, and it was at Judson. And fortunately, I have a mic. And if you don't have a mic at Judson, they can't hear you. And I was like, hey, oh, honey. It's a power. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Mommy's got the mic right now. And of course, there's the classic line, like, I don't go to your mom's job and knock the dicks out of her mouth. You know, like, if you, if you gotta go nuclear. Got it. But like, Woo, you know, I don't go to resort. your job and knock the dicks out of your mouth. So like, there are strategies, but I tend to not care even enough to spend the energy to use them, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't, ha- frankly, these days it doesn't happen to me very honest because my audience is a bit bespoke and they don't, uh, they're not really the heckling types. Got it. I'm not like working at the comedy seller, you know, or, a, you know yeah. like, right. like I, my, my yeah. audience yeah, is Joe's pretty, Bub is usually pretty curated. Oh, yes, yeah. Very. I mean, there's a food and drink minimum. And if you're paying that, it's not because you want to just yell at some woman. Yeah. And if you are, I'm going to like sit on your face. Like, and that's a promise. And you'll have allies. Yes, You'll indeed. have allies. And that's the I other mean, thing these days. You know what I will say is um, what happens to me more often as somebody who also does, like, God help me, like, panels on, like, you know, feminism and comedy and stuff like this. What happens is more often than being heckled, I think the new heckling is, like, uh, mansplaining and trying to, um, mm. you know, mm. appropriate your experience uh, and trying to have right. your voice heard instead. So I did one recently about, um, you know, women and it was by a panel I mean it was just me I thought there was going to be a panel and I showed up and it was just me so I had to fill a lot of time and uh, and so I'm, I'm talking about um, you know the question is always everyone wants to know like how are we going to use comedy to dismantle the Trump administration right or, and I'm like listen that's a big question like right. all I know is that like you, you got to think small and you got to work small because like otherwise yeah. you're going to die um, but uh, but you know one after another these like men were standing up and of course there's that classic men who are at a panel discussion and they stand up this isn't so much a question right, as a exactly. comment right? so I just had guy after guy of that and finally and I just sort of sat there and like let them dig their own graves because it was late and I was tired and then finally this this is what's starting to happen there were young women in the audience who one of them finally stood up and was like why do you think this is your moment <laughs> like she is sitting here we don't have her for that much time we're here to hear her not Someone you yes. and they got a round of applause but it just takes that person and right. to say it and right. more people right. are saying it and standing right. up to it and I think the same kind of goes with hecklers these days and especially mm-hmm. for women with microphones in their faces like yeah. people are really sick of us getting shut down and silenced and minimized how do you guys uh, feel about <laughs> sorry go okay, ahead no, there was Speaking a joke right. there was a, woman. a Elizabeth was about there to was a joke there oh. was a joke <laughs> I would there never minimize <laughs> Elizabeth. You can't no, that was a joke. I pretended to be cut off by Peter. Ah. <laughs> oh, she's oh I'm wow! You're trolling for the me, listeners man. Who can't see the uh, body language? Uh, yes, yes. The, uh, the body language in this room is good. It's yes, open. Yes. It's warm. It's uh, it's very positive. Thank we're actually is... hugging. We're all like, yeah. We're all there, hugging. There, yeah, let's there's break body the Wait, where did, my, the where did my pants go? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know they're oh they're in the corner. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, we all have ways of establishing intimacy and bringing, bringing a rapport to the, to the mic. It's different right. with every podcast, right. I guess. Bringing like, this back to a higher level of discussion. Oh, um, you don't think this always is lowbrow for you, uh, Peter. I am, I am very highbrow. It's, uh, it's clearly understood yeah. by most of the American audience. But my <laughs> question – so do you think um, – uh, uh, both of you, Elizabeth Amanda, do you subscribe to the uh, – 
Patty Lupone method? Do you think breaking a performance yep. in mid uh, sentence yep. and and chastising an it, audience I think if member? If it's really yep. bad, yes. If and it's really bad, by yeah. any. What if you're in a large cast and people are, you know, disoriented by different things in the audience? How do you? How does one? Oh, or is it well, the leader of? Is it sort of the leader I mean, of the show? I think it's got to be the Patty Lapone of the group. It's right? got to like be the yeah. You know, it can't be the it's baby gonna June be the, or whatever. <laughs> it's it's going to have to be the Mama Rose who like makes that call. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Perfect. But that's yeah. a rule. The Mama the Rose, Rose makes the call. It should be like how every show has an equity deputy. Every show should have the designated Mama Rose. Yeah. It's like it should be an equity rule that whoever is the designated Mama yeah. Rose, if someone is behaving really badly, and but overall, no. Okay, wait. In this question, is it okay? You're asking, do I think it's appropriate and acceptable for someone to do that? Yes. yes. Do I think they should have to do it? No. no. There should be house management. Yes. House management should be handling and this. And it's not that right? hard. It's no. not that hard. And, like, and I understand that a lot of these... Th- I'm silencing a woman. I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep interrupting Elizabeth. But like these theaters, I know that so many what of these theaters... What a woman's theaters, I know, indeed. Oh, yeah, let's get ready. Brace yourself. But like the, 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 so many of these theaters, I know they have volunteer ushers. It's how they like, you know, whatever. I've been that volunteer oh, usher. Oh, me too. But they're not... They're, they're as equipped as anyone to spot people doing this. Yeah, but they yeah. shouldn't actually have to. Their gig Training. is... Their gig is they stand there, they ask the, the stupidest questions in right. the world, they take abuse, and then they sit down and watch the show. Right. Like they shouldn't have to do anything more than that. You're saying the but house manager should have should, some... Every show should have a house manager. It is not that difficult. Well, right. they do, but, they're, but they're, they, they don't do anything. Where are they? Right, exactly. Where well, that's are they? the issue. I mean, house managers of the world, if, if the problem is that you have not been empowered to do this, if your employers are not empowering you to do this, I am. this is a revolution. I am empowering you to well, do this. Okay, we're going to have to have a house manager. No, but I, I think it, I think it's the idea of that. That I think basically it's the idea that the this crazy idea that the consumer is always right. They right, pay no, for their tickets. I mean, that's yeah, right. where the money this is comes it. from. Right. But here's the thing: I'm paying money too, and well, I'm not going to exactly. come back if you're letting people have a goddamn picnic. I don't even go to like the. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. The roundabout anymore. The roundabout is awful. Every time I'm at the roundabout, there's horrible behavior going on all around me. Well, and in front of me too a lot of times. My but favorite. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, but you know what I mean. The house management there is terrible. That's where the picnic was. That's where like you know people. And I've been a volunteer usher at oh, me too. Uh, at the roundabout, and I know it's like there's no one watching the chicken coop. There is yeah. no one like mm. protecting yeah, the experience of the other, you know, what, however many hundred people fit in a Broadway theater. Oh, it's yeah, been yeah. a minute since I had a contract. But <laughs> but like, it's, there's no one protecting their experience. Why yeah. are we protecting? I mean, you voted in the last election, right? You watched the debates. Why are we protecting the experience yeah. of the one asshole who's ruining it for everybody and why are we not protecting the experience of everybody yeah. that he's ruining it for? See, yes, I gendered that. See, theater really is a microcosm of the world as you're describing Absolutely. It really yeah. um, uh, I guess um, we should uh, wrap this up. And, uh, I have so much more to say! Oh, please, go no, on. I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll just keep talking. I'll do talking on the street. People um, will call, you know. You know, one of the things that struck me, uh, in <laughs> one of the responses to um, your, your etiquette guy that I Right, actually, that came up a few times. It was it was elitist, and I'm like, it's elitist, as opposed to the five hundred dollar for a ticket. That's not elitist. Oh, that, that just like blows me away. How is that elitist? Well, I, I, the way that I meant it, the, jo- the the joke in my mind was like, you know, I'm your sort of like coastal elite liberal nightmare that like you know right. is characterized this way in uh you know by the other side or whatever you know like right. I'm your commie faggot dyke fucking you know right. nightmare. <laughs> And yet, 
I am fascistic enough to like want to enforce these standards right. of behavior. Right. And right. so like the word that gives elitist, you standing. What's that? It gives you standing. I mean, yeah, but like the, the using the word elitist, I mean, that's just, I feel like what people accuse you of. It's a word that people use when you're like, look, this is culture. This is like we're preserving mm-hmm. culture. That's elitist. That's elitist. I'm not really elitist. I mean, I and I mean, I, I have well, a scar a on my chin tactic. from the trailer hitch that I tripped on. Uh, in, you know what I mean? Like I it's, grew up in some dirt. OK, so I'm not this is not an elitist, I think, perspective. And some could argue. And again, like I said, when I wrote this, the person I had in mind who was behaving this badly, these are wealthy, older white men. Like, if anything, I feel it's elitist to show up and think that you get right. to dictate that you are so powerful and entitled that you can have any experience you want you can experience this Mm -hmm. piece of art any way that you want and that it's up to everybody else to accommodate it it's like in uh, straight white men that monologue in the beginning of straight white men now do i think it was extraneous and grafted on i do but (laughs) i do think that what it had to say was very valid which was all of a sudden you know they're playing this incredibly loud like female power punk fucking you know hip-hop angry shit which and i love all that stuff and it's it's then you know uh uh kate bornstein walks out and she's like hey what's it like uh white guys to have mm. uh to enter a i'm horribly paraphrasing this but like right. to enter a, a situation and a, an experience that is not designed for your comfort mm-hmm. and to like and, and and that is that is more what i have in mind you know it's i i feel that i'm constantly um being asked to accommodate these are actual wealthy elitists and I'm, I'm supposed to sit there and accommodate, accept and passively, you know, ignore their terrible behavior because they own me and they own the theater and they own the seat and I, they can do whatever the hell they want. I think it's the most egalitarian democratic thing to ask someone to respect the, uh, be, uh, the, the rights of everybody else in the, in the space. It's socialism. It's to to be yes. to be part of the group. Is what it is. To blend in of with the course. group. And we it, are the audience. It means hearing. Yes. It means like listening. I mean, they did that study where like audience audiences their their heartbeats synchronize when they watch theater. Like it's the most communal. It's the most primal. It's the most age old experience that we have of being a Listen, group of being just a collective. the mere fact Peter, that Amanda other people- and I have known each other well like for an hour now. We're we we're already in sync. Yeah, yeah. Our, we, I mean, our periods are in sync. Yeah, like I, we, it's I'm, having, that's I'm having trouble telling you apart. <laughs> that's like, well, that's just because we're both women and we're that, all kind that's of right. We, I see. It's true. I yeah. see. <laughs> I can't. No, well, but you know uh, what I mean. Like it's it's so to call that elitist is actually the opposite. It's actually we're. I'm thinking as a socialist. I'm thinking as someone who values the collective experience and in fact prioritizes it over the experience of the individual, which is I think what this all boils down to. Well, listen. Amanda, you have um, educated uh, the population of America. There are going to yes. be silent theaters from coast to coast. Yeah, I'm going to get more death threats on Twitter oh, it, calling me racist. It's fine. You know, it's fine. I you're mean, not I'm a in, full person until you get death threats on oh, Twitter. Oh, I've been, listen, you know I've been writing about abortion on the internet for years. I'm like, it's amazing. I'm still alive. God but, love you. Uh, Will you come back and talk to us again? I would love to come back and yes, talk to you again. Please. Will you come to my show at Joe's Pub on oh, September yes, 21st, 21st in the coveted yes. 930 spot? Yes, and it's called Staying Alive. Staying good, Alive. With yes. a, Staying with, with, hard a, with a cast that's uh, larger yep, than the cast of the Bible. Becca yeah. Blackwell, Jen Harris, uh, The Gay Agenda, um, Matthew Cleaver. We got, yeah, cast I'm going to reveal that I would see Jen Harris. 
in anything. Anything. She's going to play my mom. It's going to be great. I, I, I now I will not miss it. Please oh. don't. Oh, Please don't. It's September, going to be a capital H happening. I it's think it's emblazoned oh, yes. on my memory. <laughs> September, <laughs> September that, twenty-one, nine thirty. Put it in your Google Joe's calendar, or else you'll never be there. Covid nine thirty. That's a good idea. You got You think it's emblazoned on your memory? You got to put it in the cow. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you very much for having me. Should we go straight to the... Uh, yes, let, that brings us to the juncture of the podcast where we gaze into our notebooks yes. and talk about a show that we either loved or hated uh, of, of late. <laughs> and I have one that I am dying to talk oh, about. Oh, please do. Uh, and uh, we're going to start with Should Elizabeth. Start with, okay. But let's first, let's let Amanda... Yeah, I was oh, wondering yes. if I was supposed to just be dead no. or like, oh, you no. kill my no. mic or something. Because I'm no. going to have opinions about whatever you Actually, saw, even if I didn't see it. No, no, no. You're, you're welcome. You, you know, you're you to want, stay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. okay. Stay. Okay. And, and then you, actually, and you think of a show that you either loved or hated. Oh, that's easy. You are the really, third on really the aisle recently. today, Amanda. Oh, yes. I'm you're happy. The third. I love okay. to sit on the aisle. All right. Okay. So let's, so, I, I know you're going to have thoughts about what I'm thinking So okay. today I'm going to plug a new musical that's at the tank. On West 36th Street uh, in New York. It's called Red Emma and the Mad Monk. Um, and it's absolutely wonderful. And, okay, it kind of loses the plot, like maybe two thirds. They're trying to pack so much in. It's, one, it, it's death by ambition, which is really the best kind of death. Um, and it's about a 12 year old girl whose imaginary friend is Rasputin. And uh, then she thinks that's just not enough enough when you're a radical 12-year-old. So hmm. she uh, or she gets a second imaginary friend, and that's Emma Goldman. Oh, I love this kid. It is wonderful. Huh. And the kid is played by the uh, non-binary performer Maybe Burke, who's completely wonderful also. And Rasputin, revelation for me, was played by a woman named Drita Kabashi, who's uh, incredibly funny, you know, kind of pitches, as in the performer pitches, yeah, yeah. kind of way. Um Lovely show and until September 1st, and it's only 20 bucks. I mean, really, seriously. This was not right? even on my radar, and it sounds yeah, like either. every wet dream I've ever had. And the set is incredibly smart. It's it's a rare show where I was in the set, and I was like, this set is really smart. Hmm. At the tank for 20 bucks. I love wow. it. So there you go. Ready Man, the Mad Monk. Tell people where the tank is. so they. Oh, it's know. on West 36th Street uh, in Manhattan. And uh, I just reviewed it for the Times. I give it a critic's pick. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So I'm going to switch from the sublime to the ridiculous uh, and a show that I just don't know what to do with. Uh, <laughs> it opened on Broadway. Uh, it's Pretty Woman, the musical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's everything that's the, wrong with the, the American musical theater. The room has gotten silent. Yeah, yeah, it's everything that's wrong with the American musical theater. Uh, I start with the idea that, you know, Hollywood has decided to pull out of its archives, out of its, out of its catalogs, every uh, musical of the 90s and uh, 80s that has had some traction in, in with, I guess, a, the aging population and is now you know, sticking the same score basically yeah. on every one of them. Brian music. Adams wrote this one, didn't he? I don't know. Yeah, I, I believe it was. I went and I noted rocker Brian Adams. I did not uh, hate the score, the score. For Pretty Woman. I, I know, I know. So, so, but I didn't give me like my it moment. either. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> Elizabeth. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, 
it's and it and the more I've thought about that show, the angrier I've gotten because it's almost verbatim a lifting of the movie script. I mean, they didn't even bother to write a new script for Broadway. Why would they? Why bother? Why bother? I bet the iconic lines people applauded when she said, "You work on commission, right? Big mistake, huge." <laughs> Not only that, but they recreated improvised moments from the movie, uh-huh. like when um, you know when he closes the yep. box on her hand and she laughs. That mm-hmm. giggle, that wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, Audrey Hepburn giggle, whatever it was, Julie Roberts did. Well, they try to do that in the in the thing too on stage, and it looks it almost looks like a Saturday Night Live parody of trying to do that. You know, yes. uh, not and not only that, they even recreated the hooker costume she wears, it, down to the little oh, of ring they did. Of that yeah, they the did. top and the bottom together. Yep. I mean, I it, the lack of imagination is so extreme and i it's so insulting and and plus the fact that the subject is a man's version of recreating a woman and falling in love with the recreated version of that woman in other words it's you know it is sort of like my fair hooker you know it's it like is. you know taking a woman you know the the character i thought of it this more and more you know the richard gear character played by andy carl here um falls in love but not with the girl he picks up, but the one he mm-hmm. creates for himself. This seems shocking to you, Peter, and yet Elizabeth and I are just kind of like, sounds about right. Yeah, but I mean, it's, but this is done on Broadway in ninth, in whatever year this is, 2018, for an audience. <laughs> what are you writing on your checks? Yeah, 19, I, don't, I don't know, because the movie reminds me of 1987, uh, and, and 67% of the ticket buyers on Broadway are women. Women are this the ones what, going yeah, to see always, these shows yeah. that are basically trapped but, in an old, ridiculous but, male notion but of I've got to tell you, femininity. Pretty Woman has always been an example of Stockholm Syndrome. Uh-huh. A lot of women love that movie. Yep. You cannot deny that. It well, is true. Like, you know, some of us have rape fantasies when we jerk off, but it doesn't mean we want to be raped. Okay, so that's a conversation. Forward, you know, uh, that's for another show. That's actually, I've done that podcast also, and you yeah. can find that on okay. iTunes. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a love. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I hadn't uh, thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you will I mean, never stop so, thinking about so, it, Peter. So anyway, the, you know, my, my the, the sum total of this is I'm I'm. I'm sad for Broadway that this is that you know that this is what is imagined to be what people think of as how you create a new musical, and uh, we'll see if this is you know if we're going to get one original, real original musical a year now, uh, and then we're going to get three or four that are just uh, knockoffs of movies. Theme park that always, rides at this, but, like, right. this is, it's a theme park ride. Right, right, right. But, but do you think we're kind of like? idealizing some kind of golden age of Broadway because like the years when they did My Fair Lady, there were like 10 crap musicals on Broadway that we True. don't remember. Yeah, of course. But so, there, but the point was there was, there were also a selection of great musicals. Well, there I were mean, just out of more that, in general yes. because things didn't, the musicals didn't park themselves for 10 years, for right. 10, 30, 30, years. 30 years at theaters, yeah. you know. What could you possibly be talking about? Thirty years. I don't I've never know, heard of such a thing. Uh, but sometimes I wonder if I should see it again for the first time. <laughs> oh, you've never seen Phantom of the I'm Opera. I'm kidding. That was their marketing slogan okay, for I, last. See it again oh, really? for the first time. Oh my, God. my friends and I just used to laugh about that. Wait, what? I I just mouthed. I love Phantom. Oh, okay. 
I thought you said yeah, you'd never seen I just the show. Did, I did, I, no, it's I did. Okay, it'll, I it's said okay. I said I love Phantom. You, really, you can love I it. I love Phantom. That's for the sad confessions show. Yeah, yeah. yeah there are things um, I love that I shouldn't. It's okay. Um, uh, okay. Anything oh, you've seen? That yeah. you, well, you guys talked about straight white men. Yes. Okay. But then, t- but t- uh, well, no, I, I find that it's sticking with me, and it was uh, – I mean, it's. I, I think it's very uh, – I, I, you know, it has, it has flaws. It's a flawed candidate in many ways. But uh, I found that, um, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's so strange. I wish I had seen this at the public when it was still, you know, uh, had the edge of downtown performers and like it, it was sort of more inherently, um, like an, like a, a political statement rather than, you know, you're sitting there watching these like TV and movie stars romping about and it seems, uh, just kind of like a, a, a light play, you know, that isn't saying very much. And then you see the comments on like, I don't know if you reviewed it for the times, but you see the, no, t- the comments on the times where people are so angry who have not even seen it mm. literally just because it's called straight white men. They assume that it's this, uh, this, uh, yeah. a satire piece, uh, or like literally a hit, a hit piece, piece attacking straight women. But what I found it to be more of yeah. a, an attack on was capitalism and, and men's place in capitalism, the expected place of straight white men in capitalism and how it really does you know put them in a in a very difficult social cultural emotional position that can be very uh it's incredibly challenging to break out of you know there's this man who's educated and smart and all his entire you know all the men in his family are like you should be out making a killing Uh, you should be out like you know Mm -hmm. making money and living independently so he's like I want to take care of one person. Yeah, I that makes yeah. me feel useful, which is something women do every day, and no one thinks anything. Highly educated women who should be, you know, according to this metric, should be out mm-hmm. like making a killing in business or whatever. And that part of the play really has unfolded for me um, a lot over time after seeing it. It's and true. It's actually it's a stayer. That play, yeah. I, I find myself thinking about it. I find a myself lot. thinking about it a lot. I find myself thinking about the Paul Schneider character a lot, the one that you're describing. The brother. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that's the a most. Lot. That's the. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I found him the most interesting person on the stage, and Agreed. someone I hadn't seen before. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely, it's true, absolutely. And I thought that was revolutionary. Yeah. You know, and good and again, the takeaway that so many people have from this is they either go in they ex, they go into it expecting it to be a an attack on straight white men, and they're either disappointed that it's not, mm. or like they take it away that it is mm-hmm. because right. that's what they that's the experience they want to have. Right. And right. I just um I I have found that like that's not what it was about for me at all if anything it was the most sympathetic it's very sympathetic uh, play, thing oh, oh absolutely talking about but straight I, white men that i've seen in a surprise. long time yeah i think also uh, part of the audience may be conditioned to expect an attack on straight women because of that new framing device that young jin lee has yeah. added of yeah. having the two non-binary performers which again introduced. i didn't necessarily need in I, that context I, but if, 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 i agree if, if first asian american play woman playwright on broadway is like i'm gonna put this in here because i gotta i gotta say it and this is going to be the biggest audience that I ever have. And so this is something that I want to do. Then like, kudos to her. Good for her. You know, I support yeah. that. I didn't need it in that play. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. It's been, Cause yeah. I didn't find that but, the play actually did. But that. I think, basically, I, don't feel, I didn't feel that the play no, actually right. did dis- discomfort any, no. uh, you know, any per se straight white man who's out there expecting, like in the way that she sort of set it up to, uh, we're gonna play, um, we're gonna play Peaches and we're gonna, like, you know, we're gonna have trans people come out here and talk about their experience and make you uncomfortable. Like, that's not the play. Right. You know, which is fine. I just thought it was strange, but. Yeah. Well, listen, um, we're retitling this podcast, Three on the Isle. 
and, and a little lady. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm not continuing my joke. Sorry, oh, I'm genius. I'm sorry, I blocked your joke. Just welcome to my experience I, as a female comedian. I, I will be your straight man yes. any day of the week. I want to be your straight man too. I'm volunteering. We'll yes, don't all we be all? Just, let's all be straight men today. Can we be so, your straight so, men? So, I'm going to so, go walk down the sidewalk and not get out of anyone's way. So, so there you have it. Thank you, Amanda Duarte, for making this such a great episode. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is a wrap on another podcast. I'm Elizabeth, Vin- I'm Elizabeth Vincentelli, our producer is Kirby Pate. You can follow us on Twitter at 3 on the Isle. Write to us at 3 on the Isle at gmail.com, and it's uh, spelled out. Please let us know what other topics you'd like to hear on future episodes from Amanda Duarte. Ah, yes. and Duarte, Amanda, on Twitter, and you mean? <laughs> and don't forget to leave a review or rating on iTunes or Google Play. And thanks for listening. We'll be uh, with you again soon on the Isle.